You guys ever think about the phrase "lose your gourd"? Yes, I what do. What happened to it? Where did the well, gourd? What go? I'm saying is, for that phrase to be a thing, somebody had to literally had to lose a gourd <laughs> and then lose their absolute shit about it. <laughs> 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 Jeffrey, I set it down ten minutes ago. Right there. <laughs> All right, geez, don't lose your... Uh, there's got to be a phrase for this. <laughs> Used to be four ordinary All right, my precious, my precious cubs. It's Saturday morning, Tuesdays, the cartoon show where the animated podcast about real cartoons, where we watch cartoons and talk about them too. I'm your host, Rory Voy. I'm Andy. I'm Austin Bridges. And we are watching cartoons and talking about them. This is kind of a real chill theme. <laughs> yeah, I keep yeah, waiting go, for, this, for the, like, the other shoe to drop. I'm going for the no theme theme, but if we talk about it too much, that might be the theme. So let's try to. Oh, okay, okay. Let's well, be cool. I'm, I'm feeling this like be chill, cool, Andy. I'm feeling this chill, cool daddy-o vibe that I think maybe we go with that we're fifties beatniks. We're fifties uh, beatniks, and we're just hanging. We we're just, slapping just the bongos. Cannot, you cannot resist going high, as high concept as we'll allow at every <laughs> I have a fourteen-year-old son, and he always says I'm the cool dad. <laughs> what is this theme now? We're in the fifties, but you have a fourteen-year-old son. And I'm the cool dad. This is this is our best theme to date. <laughs> this cool dad's episode. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm on board. I'm on board. I let uh, him drink a little wine at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I get him into those R-rated films. Yeah, that was uh, allowed in the fifties. Yeah, probably. <laughs> They didn't they didn't rate things in the fifties. It was the free it was a free for all. Uh I have no concept of decades. Now, what are the shows that we watch? What are the cartoons that we do? What is this podcast? Answer all my questions, one after the other. Well, I tell you what, the first one there is called Cyber Six. Cyber Six sounds like a fun cartoon. What's another one? Well, I tell you what, the other one's called Wild West Cowboys and Moon Mesa. Mm, I like the way that one feels in my ears. Uh, what's the third one? Well, I tell you what, the third one's called Sailor Moon. <laughs> what's this fucking Smothers Brothers routine that's happening right now? I tell you what, it's it's really well, making me happy. When do we happy. become a, a vaudeville comedy act? <laughs> I just love on the it, weekends, though. just on the weekends when I have my kid. <laughs> you take him out to vaudeville because you're so cool. Yeah, Was vaudeville cool I, in the I tell 50s? you what, Andy. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, you, you won't believe what's coming up in our next act. It's, uh, what, what are we talking about first? I just fucked up this transition. Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon is the first one we want to talk about. Let's do it. Let's go do that before we just destroy all comedy forever. Because <laughs> we're getting really close right now. <laughs> we just got a letter. <laughs> Cease and desist. <laughs> From, From all comedy. comedy. <laughs> They're done with us. <laughs> Hey, let's watch Sailor Moon. Okay. (laughs) 
Well, hey, Jazz Cats and, and our cool dad, Rory. Uh, listen up to, to this uh, trip for Biscuits here. We got the Sailor Moon uh, episode uh, synopsis for episode 29, Sailor V Makes the Scene. All right, Zoicide. I'm going to stop you right there. I, I just I want you to know that you can't just promise biscuits and then not give them to me at some point. So just they're know g- that. They're it's coming at the end. For biscuits. They're coming at the end. It's a trip. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. No, it's about the and biscuits. At the, but I'll and at the continue. end, there is biscuits. <laughs> there is biscuits. Austin Bridges voted. Uh, please <laughs> I'm continue. I'm a copy editor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Zoicite disguises herself as Sailor Moon in order to lure Tuxedo Mask and the Guardians out into the open where they are attacked by Malachite. The Negaverse injures Tuxedo Mask's identity. That's not correct. They injure... No. That's a typo. To injure him and learn his identity. That's true. But there they are foiled by the appearance of Sailor Venus. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's we watched we watched the Spanish dub. <laughs> oh no. Sailor Venus. <laughs> this was know. before we get too giggly about it. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Is, this is bomb. This is great. It was a good episode. Yeah, we got our final lady. Yeah. It's a big uh, one. We got our five lady. It's been a long time coming. And I think Yeah, hey, I wanna I wanna give Austin a little bit a little bit of a pat on the head. Oh no and a and a tap tap good job. Cause oh, really? He, well, because you were talking about how the Sailor V is also the fifth sailor and she's coming in fifth. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed in this episode during the transformation scenes uh, that Sailor Jupiter's uh, transformation or her little her transform wand has the number four on it. Yeah, but you're right, I, it I does. no longer think there was a coincidence. Oh. I, think he's, I think he's done good with his little with his little predictions. Ooh, is this a Saturday morning Tuesday's first? We made an insightful comment. <laughs> and, and points were awarded thusly. I love it. I'm all about it. Thank you, Rory. I, I treasure you as a friend. Although it is kind of funny seeing um seeing them in in, uh, in order where Sailor Mercury and Sailor Mars both have like symbols on theirs, and then it cuts to Sailor Jupiter. She's just got a four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that's that's got to be some kind of like Greek Maybe. or some sort of. But an equally true Arabic. statement is that it's yeah, a four. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so something I that we should there uh, could be a symbolic connection, but it helps as well. I mean, it doubles. It's not unintentional that it no. also looks like a four. Right. And she's the fourth one. Uh, let's let's just get this out of the way. I want to we haven't we maybe briefly touched on it ages ago, but uh, Sailor Moon was not the first manga to come out. The first manga was called Codename Sailor V. So. In a way, it's like we finally got the the main character, the original main character, into our show, right? Because um, oh. the the first Sailor Moon is basically a sequel that was like, oh shit, I'm gonna do this for real. Let's let's do a real thing and like blow it up, build up because because Sailor V only had like two or three volumes. It was pretty short, and you know she's like fighting the Dark Agency. And, and did she like, have Artemis? She did have Artemis. Yeah. Okay. And so like you know it is canon, kind of. Uh, but I, I just think that's interesting. So Sailor V is kind of, you know, and that's why they're referencing her as like a famous character throughout this show once right. in a while, because like she's already established, like her origin story happened before any of what we've seen. So now I realize, Andy, that this is very relevant to the show we've been watching, but unfortunately referencing old mangas is going to cost you some points. I, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> one of the... <laughs> 
I don't even have a fucking thing to say about this. I, I'm looking. I feel like you're the warden in my jail now. It's gonna only be. I'm gonna be. I think. I think a. Le- I think two demerits is is, <laughs> See, is reasonable. You know what? You know what, Rory? I actually have to step in here, and I actually, for the first time, I'm gonna have to disagree with you and cancel those points. I'm gonna use what? my vote to to cancel them out. Uh, to 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 give Andy the save on this one because gonna, I did. What? I did yes. bring up this fact. I did bring up this fact on our first Sailor Moon episode when we went into a little dive on the history of it. And I oh, so you're I saving your own skin. Fact. You don't want demerits yourself. I'm just, I'm just saying he could have gotten it from me. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I got okay. it from you. I got it from <laughs> I learned it from watching you. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, I narrowly escaped some demerits, uh, but let's talk about this episode itself. Let's do it. Um, What's... Okay, so the the... The main the main thing is that they're trying to to smoke out Tuxedo Mask and they they're working off the very true fact that he basically only shows up when the scouts are in trouble, which is fair. Yeah, it's very fair. <laughs> his power is basically tied to it, so he doesn't really have a choice. Like he's not going to show up to right. most things like as Tux. He does call himself Tux by the way when he's he running and talking Tux. to himself. Oh, <laughs> so what are you going to do this time, Tux? Got to be careful, Tux. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some, there's some weird, like, idiosyncratic dialogue in this episode, and I'm mm-hmm. almost here for it every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that he calls himself Tux, or that he talks to himself like he's just pumping himself up, like, ah, oh, don't be an idiot, Tux. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a, a scent away from Tex. Yeah. Uh, sort of gives him a little cowboy feel. Um, Which, speaking of, speaking of that, I feel like his hat has gotten taller every episode. <laughs> it was stupid tall in this one. <laughs> like, that top hat is just growing exponentially <laughs> maybe he's keeping the crystals in there that's it that's gotta <laughs> be those crystals come it's based on his power <laughs> yeah it's directly proportional <laughs> uh, uh and like you said uh zoisite is transformed into sort of a fake sailor moon uh who has like extra purple on her so that you can always visually tell uh that it's not sailor moon and also like a really evil smirk on her face all the time mm-hmm. Um, and so she's running around sort of being a smoke screen, which but is, she's saving people's lives. So she comes in <laughs> she and, and find out about her. Cause she comes in, she stops a bank robbery in mm-hmm. progress. And it's like, Oh, holy shit. It's Sailor Moon. She stopped a bank robbery. And then there's a, another scene where these, these guys are on a window scaffold mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Darian's inside the library looking through the glass. And then these guys are on the outside of the building and some crystals come in and break the ropes and they're like dangling and about to die. Serena's in the crowd below. Neither of these two people do anything to stop them. Yeah. Some fucking heroes. Yeah, pretty weird. Yeah. Well, and then it's thanks. Thank God fake Sailor Moon came in and saved the day. Uh, <laughs> but it makes you realize that like our heroes really are in no way equipped to actually save regular people's lives. Like they can fight monsters pretty well, but they are, they live in this world. It's like they, they're only capable of solving the problems that they're almost like indirectly the cause of, right? right? Like there's this like secret war between, you know, basically teen angels and demons and the regular person falling off a building. Couldn't give a shit about that. And they clearly don't give a shit about the person falling off the building. Like, Totally separate issues. Yeah, they're not good. They're like, look, I don't have 10 minutes to transform and like jump on out there and save this person in front of a bunch of people like, (laughs) you know, I mean, well, and it doesn't even take time. I mean, it's in like a weird time distortion that allows them to do it. But no, they don't they don't save people. 
No. <laughs> they they fight monsters and that's it. <laughs> One thing I really dug about this episode was that uh, so in the the fake Sailor Moon character that's played by Zoocyte, it really does kind of feel like sh- this is. Uh, you know, an alien pretending to be a person, all of her lines are said with this very odd affectation. Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think partially to sort of differentiate a little bit more from Sailor Moon's lines because she's saying the same things. But mm-hmm. it also does, it does give that feel of somebody who is, who just like doesn't understand human emotion and is just saying these words. <laughs> yeah. Do you notice the other weird thing where they flash her underwear several times? Uh, the this the secret sailor, Zoisite. I didn't notice actually. They they flash her underwear several times, and they don't. I mean, they've never done Apologize. that for Serena. <laughs> they've never done that for Serena or any of the other scouts, really. But no, it is it is probably because it's a like a costume. Like, oh, that they, she's not real. It's costume. It's not real. Yeah, it's like they justified it somehow, and then they got to yeah. to flash those pantsu. She's she's, uh, <laughs> she's evil. She's evil. We get to lude her. We get to. We get to stare at her because she's evil and it's okay, right? Yeah, right? it's sort of weird. Right? Um, yeah. So so evil Serena's doing that saving lives. Flash to real Serena who's eating five ice creams. <laughs> okay, I, I looked at this scene about three times. I'm pretty positive those are like dessert crepes because there's a crepe sign behind her when we first see that. Oh, okay. It doesn't make it better. It's still five fucking <laughs> giant crepes of like custard and fruit and shit and she's basically yeah. like don't tell luna about this lita she'll just be a <laughs> huge bitch about it five of them <laughs> <laughs> you can't fucking you can't fucking tell her that I and also you can't get a stomach ache from sugar <laughs> uh Who taught serena anything about nutrition <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't it, it actually doesn't take very long in this episode for us to get to like the scene of the climax because it it's a very long sequence. It lasts most of the episode. This like yeah, that's true. showdown yeah. at the docks in the warehouse. Um so like everyone shows up there and they, you know, Malachite reveals himself and introduces himself cuz you know, I guess they haven't met yet. And uh they all transform and this is like my favorite part of the whole episode because they all have their little catchphrases. Yes. Yes. And she, you know, so we have on behalf of the moon, on behalf of Sailor Mercury, in the name of Mars, and for Jupiter also. And Jupiter also. <laughs> I wrote this too. That was so good. Complete the awkward pause. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it was supposed to be funny, but it was. Oh, it yeah. was so funny. So good. Also, they save a lot of money doing all of those trans- transformations, and now they've got a fifth Sailor Moon. I'm having, like, Digimon Episode 1 flashbacks. Oh, uh, yeah. Sitting through all of this, like, stock footage that we've already seen, but whatever. Yeah, when Sailor okay. Moon turns into Greymon every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sailor <laughs> Moon. <laughs> Metal Moon. Well, uh, actually, in Sailor Moon Crystal, the transformations are all super CG. They, they do look weird. But um, actually, in Sailor Moon Crystal, <laughs> I've watched one anime and talk about okay, it. Okay, you don't have to jump my jump down my <laughs> dick about it. Oh, okay, I've seen some cartoons. I'm a pencil dive right down that dick. <laughs> um, yeah, right. That's, it's an uncomfortable image. Um, uh, there's a, a sick burn of the week for me here. They like right after they all transform. Uh, I think it's Sailor Moon. I think Serena calls Malachite an evil slimester. <laughs> which, yeah. 
which is pretty yeah. good. I like that one. I think it was the only noteworthy burn I had all all of these. Yeah, episodes. I don't I don't think there was. I've got some for Mumesa, but not for this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then let's see. Uh, Tuxedo Mask finally joins the fray. Uh, yeah, but he gets he confused. He sees he sees the fake Sailor Moon and thinks it's the real one, even though he already saw her from the top of a building flying through the air and knew immediately it wasn't the Sailor Moon. He knew probably yeah. because she was saving people. <laughs> probably because she showed interest in the common this man. This isn't right. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't look like she just ate five crepes. <laughs> and so, She's way too uh, spelt. He runs in. It turns out it's zoocyte. He gets stabbed in the neck. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just with a crystal. Like, yeah. That sucks. Uh, yeah, he spends the rest of the episode kind of like moving hella sluggish because he's probably bleeding out. Uh, mm-hmm. But we, we don't see that because this is for can't children. See the blood, but yeah, he's fleeing from them. Right. Um, let's see. And well, then right, right around that they... time is a confusing thing where Queen Beryl scrying from her, you know, hideout or whatever, I guess beneath the planet. I don't know where we landed on that, but she sees Tuxedo Mask without his face on and somehow recognizes him. How is that a thing? Does she um, know Darian? Yeah, I was trying to figure that that out, too. Like, she sees Darian's face and is like, I know Darian. He's the guy at the, like... <laughs> And I, I, I feel like it has to be like I know Darian. He went out on a date with my niece one time. Well, he's been he's been so <laughs> tangential to, to all of the like shit going on. Like everybody's so connected, yeah, to all of the who's its and goings on. That I'm, I mean, that's my guess, right? Sure. Like I don't think he he wasn't a crystal person. Like he wasn't like a a no. target for any of the other stuff. I don't think. But I think he has been soloed out before by someone's crystal well, magic. And and something that I'm only thinking about right this moment while we talk is that maybe she didn't recognize Darian. Maybe she recognized him as his reincarnated like moon oh, prince. Oh, as like Endymion. As as Yeah. Oh my ancient, god. You name dropping you name dropping right now? I don't even know that name. And I'm yeah, the one well, that gets negative points. Okay. I am not gonna I, have this fight I every time. I fought for you, Andy. <laughs> 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 when okay. no one else would back you up <laughs> and what do you re- what do you repay me with i don't know <laughs> when am i getting my fucking biscuits okay so look we we've been we've been wasting time because our fucking homegirl venus is here she is she comes and, in uh, she busts some ass and may i say that her sailor outfit it's a fun entrance too is she's got I don't know if they really are, but she's wearing goggles. She's got she's, the goggles. I feel like there might be a power tussle. In I think the, so. In her, in she shows. She's the fucking goggle girl. She shows up. She's she's hot shit. I just knocked something off my desk. You probably heard that. But she's yeah. like hot shit goggle girl. Hot shit goggle girl. I don't know. I don't know how you know. And she looks. She's got the same hair as Serena. Like mm, there's there's some trouble. She is kind of like ahead. a Serena clone, but with goggles and bigger yeah, bows. I mean, she's got her she bows. Doesn't are, have it. And pigtail. She doesn't have spaghetti and meatballs. It's kind of just like no spaghetti and meatballs. It's like loose leaf spaghetti. (laughs) Loose leaf. (laughs) You know, like it's it's free free flowing. And then she's got those cool sunglasses that are that are whipping out. They got the little wings on them. Mm -hmm, That's true. But uh, more importantly, she's got a gruff voiced cat friend. That's true. uh, Named (laughs) Artemis, who is like, I guess Luna knows him uh, because she she doesn't seem surprised. (laughs) 
and he, yeah, he just sort of talks like this. He's he's Artemis. Hey, just Dan, I feel like theoretically, I'm a cat. <laughs> Although I don't know, Luna had just said she was, you know, she just got word that there was going to be, you know, a new sailor. Yeah. It, yeah. Isn't the in theory isn't Sailor V like operating somewhere else in Japan, just doing okay. sailor stuff? Yes, that that's is. That, my I guess. would think Luna would be aware of her presence, but I guess not. I would, or think maybe that, that too. Just, I think it's very odd. I think it's odd that they haven't run into each other, or that Sailor V hasn't like seen Sailor Moon on TV and been like, I should go hook up with them, like. Right. Now. Yeah. Like, why did it take so long for this to get connected? Other than, I mean, I know plot wise why it didn't <laughs> right. happen, but I wasn't satisfied with the explanation. With the got explanation, so yeah. We might. I mean, we might get more next episode. We might like. Wow, we've been working so hard to take down the <laughs> second negative. That's the new gruff voiced cat that Austin is doing, by the way. Right. I think <laughs> the new what? <laughs> the gruff voiced cat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. It yeah. Is. <laughs> Making sure the the listeners knew that he wasn't just doing Serena with a like a heavy smoker. <laughs> this is my Serena voice. <laughs> hey, get over moon, here, Moon Tiara, activate <laughs> <laughs> you nega crumbs. <laughs> there was also a, a really funny line uh, that I think it was Malachite who said he didn't want to hang out around this Scout Jamboree. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. Both Malachite and Zoicite got real colloquial this episode because I wrote this line down for Zoicite. She said, "She like I'm, I'm going to try and do it accurately." She said, "Tuxedo mask, where you hiding? Don't you care about your little fan club? Come out right now, or else they're going to be history." Hear me? Like it sounds nothing like how Zoicite has been written for like the last fifteen episodes, right? But like, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. All, there's a lot of like little little slangage, like you know the tux, mm-hmm. the, the tux comment that we mentioned. Although I do think Scout Jamboree is a pretty clever line. It, it is, is a good it's line. It's really funny. Like it implies <laughs> some prior knowledge of the Boy Scouts of America. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are many fun activities. <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by the Boy Scouts of America. And there are many fun activities. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's... then. So then the ending is a little weird because they ask Sailor V, Sailor Venus, if she's the moon princess that they've been waiting for. Yep. And she ends on the, the voice line, the voice acting goes, I don't know. And then we get and a 10-second close-up of her face with no one saying anything before we fade out and go to the Sailor Before says. we fade out, it's... So odd. Really weird. And actually, it it was weirder in the original Japanese because they ask her if she's the moon princess. And instead of saying, I don't know, she says nothing. She just smiles and we get that prolonged face. She just smiles, which I think is somehow weirder. Like, are you going to answer the question, V? (laughs) Did you did you shut down? (laughs) This is a shitty cliffhanger. (laughs) Super strange. Uh, I do like the idea of an episode cliffhanger just being like a weird, trivial question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, hey, do you want to go to dinner tonight? Silence. Credits. On the next Sailor Moon. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only other weird thing that happened was that when Venus shows up and everyone's like mystified that there's a fifth sailor, uh, Beryl calls on like her sky phone or whatever, like her face shows up in the sky and she's like, fuck get 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 back in your pokeball right <laughs> and yeah she calls go back, back and leave you gotta leave for the episode the episode's over you gotta go 
<laughs> you gotta go. We gotta fight them all later at the end of the season. Well, that zoocyte says I'll never surrender. Yeah. What? Well, well I gotta go. How do you know that phrase? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, but barrels. It's 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 a weird. It's a weird. Uh, it's a weird circumstance where where Zoicide knows the cost of failure is death. So she's like, "Nah, I'm really cool on the surrender line." And yeah. Barrel's still just like, "No, did you just question me? Because that's also death." <laughs> <laughs> the losing strategy, Barrel. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, what about that sailor says? Oh boy, what about it? <laughs> well, they had uh, nothing to go on. Serena eats nothing. like a fucking monster, but you shouldn't do that. But you shouldn't. <laughs> but also, if you want to look like them, you should also eat. Right. Yeah, ask your gym teacher. Ask your gym teacher how to look hot. Yeah, it's these like it's That's these it like is. arc finale episodes that are super plot heavy, where the sailor says has zero to go to on, use. and they yeah. just really start scraping the barrel, uh, <laughs> scraping scraping that queen barrel for everything they can. <laughs> and yeah, this one was just about nutrition. Kinda. Eat right. You're right. Don't don't be a unhealthy weirdo. Um. Now speaking of nutrition and the food pyramid and all that, uh, I want that. I want that bread section. I want you to give me them biscuits. You want? You, I've taken you on a trip for biscuits, and the real biscuits is that there are no biscuits. Uh, only a sponsor. Well, hey there, Austin. Yeah, sir. I'm. In, I am. You know, I have to. I'm sworn to uphold your wishes. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Tuesday night and I've let my 14-year-old son go out even though it's a school night. So it's just you and me hanging out at my place having a little doobage. <laughs> okay. okay. So while, while we're partaking in the Lord's Green Grass, why don't you tell me about a brand new sponsor for our, for our show Saturday Morning Tuesdays, Outer Space Travis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, let me just take a, a, a good smoke of the weed uh <laughs> let me just get let me just get that that smoke in my lungs uh and get high uh with it um and uh smoke 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 oh boy let me tell you about this new sponsor outer space travis uh it's a really great bowling alley <laughs> that uh is also in outer space and Outer Space Travis is basically like you thought you thought we haven't really figured out like full space travel yet. You're wrong. It's a lie. Uh, oh. It's been a secret and they've totally figured it out. They've figured out you just get out of space and you see where your own dang eyes right there. There's a bowling alley floating right the in the space. The bowlers right figured in. it out and wouldn't tell us. <laughs> the bowlers have figured it out. They've for a long time they needed more room, you know, for their spares and strikes. Uh, and and bowling perfect games and so they they took to the skies. Um, and the stars and so you come out and you see outer space travis when you're just like right out right there in space you walk right up to the front door of space and it's right there you can't miss it um and you just take your ship right in or your hot air balloon with a rocket on top and you come in and and you still got to bring your own bowling balls uh because they were too heavy to take over uh so got you gotta it. bring them but you can rent your shoes you get your space shoes your moon boots and you can just roll those balls to your heart's content and get some chili nacho fries and get some big <laughs> steaks that you eat when you roll your bowling balls. Now, I, I have a question that I may regret asking. Uh, Travis? Yeah, that, I'm so glad you asked. So Travis <laughs> is uh, a sentient alien entity 
that revealed itself to only the bowlers and (laughs) is sort of what gave them the wisdom of the ancients to come and and craft this incredible technology. But there already was a bowler, Travis, so they had to differentiate. Right. So so Travis (laughs) is... His nickname is Outer Space Travis. Travis is Outer Space Travis, right? Yes, of course. Like, his heart beats at the center of this facility, you know, allowing people to fulfill his one passion and sexual kink, which is rolling balls into pins and collecting them when they when they go down into the gutter. And so he 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 thirsts for this. And and that's that's his pure drive. And so he he thrives. It's a symbiotic relationship. The bowlers come to outer space, Travis, and he and he vibes off that energy and gets a gets a tug and then you get your your bowling fun and you get to leave it's a tug <laughs> right i mentioned before this is a very sexual thing for him as well so uh that's that's basically the gist of it that's the oh. incredible ecosystem that our space well, travis provides i hope we don't get sued by the tight-knit brotherhood of bowling for spilling their secrets about outer space travis uh, spilling the uh, t- beans on this one yeah. Well, they hired us, so it should be fine. Yeah, okay. they're starting to get the word out. This is the beginning. Okay, they've had their fun. They want to make some money. I get it. <clears throat> well, yeah. uh, th- that's my next bowling spot. Yeah, roll one over. <laughs> and outer space, Travis. All right, well, my son's back from that R-rated movie I let him go see on a school night. Wow. What a a, a, cool dad. Your dad on the edge. (laughs) But I'm down here in my man cave with my two best friends. He's just got us. He's got free run of the house right now. I just trust him that much. Yeah. I'm Rory. So down in the man, down in the man cave, down in the man cave, we're watching uh, Cyber Six. Yeah. Episode seven, Brainwashed. And it's blowing our 50s minds. It blows our straight up fifties minds with all these robots and clones and all the other things that are not are not yet available to my to my quaint sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's a little description of what goes down in this in this episode, you guys. Six Meridiana detectives, including Julian's friend Henrique, are brainwashed by Jose's new uh, mind control device to seek out Cyber Six. Jose captures Julian. And uses him as bait to lure Cyber Six into a trap. After Julian saves Enrique, they escape with Cyber Six before the thunderstorm destroys the base. Yeah, uh, pretty sure that's Enrique. It is on. Enrique. It is Enrique. Enrique. Dude, that Enrique. guy is cool. He's got, uh, but I didn't like really cool guy detective. mustache. Yeah, he's he's a fun he's a fun dude. Uh, yeah. So. So yeah, we learned we learned that our little street rat Julian has a friend on the police force. Uh and I still don't know why he's on the street, right? Like at this point. But you know what? Now that I've thought about it, I think this is a casualty of those dumb Frenchmen up in the up in the frigid north making our the English translation. You think shouldn't it be Enrique? This is a Spanish language. Maybe. You you might be right. You might be right. I'm not going to yeah, fight I... you on that. I'm not going to fight you on that. But they do say, Enrique. They do say Enrique. Um, so there's, there's a... I, I have a question uh, for you guys. Normally when there's a big storm a-brewing in a piece of media, it's metaphorical. Uh, can you find any reason why there is a giant storm with lightning 
in this episode? Or is it just some random idea that they tossed in? You mean, does it represent some sort of greater character turmoil? <laughs> right. Or is it? No. does it serve any purpose other than to electrocute the water at the end and cause some um, like, no, action I can, drama? No, I, can, I, I know what it does. Okay, great. English no, 101 I mean, me. It's the, the storm happens and the storm serves as the impetus for Cyber 6 to think about going to visit Julian. That's right. Okay. 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 Yeah, because she thinks about it because he's a little street rat. And yep. Cyber Six is like, oh man, it would really suck to be outside, just like that. Just like I used to be. Like that little kid who runs around outside who doesn't have a home. Huh? Uh, okay. <laughs> and I occasionally use for help and give him nothing in return. Um, no. And so, but, I mean, I I still okay. I get it. You've 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 helped me. You've helped me. Now I have another question. Uh, sure. Why why have we not realized up until this point that the most potent psychological weapon known to man is Cat's Cradle? Yeah, like, that it, is used as an effective weapon in this episode. <laughs> it, it's not that cool. Have you guys ever done Cat's Cradle with a long piece of string tied in a loop? You guys ever done it's this thing? It's an extremely limited activity. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like you, oh, I made the Eiffel Tower. Oh, I did the other thing, and uh, it's a loop, and it goes back, and I'm just still doing it, and I'm so Oh, I'm alone. walking the dog. Oh, no, that's yo-yo tricks, which is way better. <laughs> way cooler. <laughs> uh, Lu- not Lucas. Julian seems to be able to just, like, he has the most, he, he, like, maxed his charm stat, and he just pulls out Cat's Cradle with this piece of pink fucking string and manages to blow everyone's minds. He blows a panther's mind with Cat's Cradle. <laughs> it's a Cat's Cradle. He should know what it is already. He blows his panther's mind. Ca- I do understand that the cat should have a little bit of a previous knowledge of the Cat's Cradle. <laughs> hold, hold on. I'll give hold you on. that he tricks the panther with Cat's Cradle. <laughs> yeah, I was a, a little annoyed that the panther string. doesn't immediately just, like, he ties up the panther with this little string and the panther is fully foiled. Yeah. So, okay, so I actually enjoyed that part. I was, it was a fu- he was funny because it. Data Seven, Data Seven was the other characters I didn't really believe uh, were so immediately enthralled with Cat's Cradle. <laughs> Data Seven at first blows him off, trying to like do his duty as a good Panther, and slowly like succumbs to how dope Cat's Cradle is. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets curious for one second, and and Julian ties up his paws, and <laughs> he's oh, really- <laughs> no, I liked it because it also showed that data seven is fallible and not just like a complete complete cipher and yeah. not just like uh, a, i agree a quiet yeah. uh monster mutant murder monster and it murder pl- like monster. i said it plays with the idea that he's he's still also part cat part panther right yep. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, and so it gets and like i said the, also the fact that he doesn't buy it right away made all the difference compared to the other two times julian uses it to get out of trouble yeah right uh <laughs> i'm sorry i just so I just had to talk about that. We, we did get ahead of ourselves a, a wee bit. Um, yeah. So the let's... main thing in this episode is this brain helmet that Jose <laughs> makes. Jose, right. our, our little scoundrel, uh, makes a bunch of brain helmets that brainwash people. And he's like, get me a whole bunch of detectives. <laughs> Your six best detectives. Yeah. They get the six best detective, detectives, including our, our, our stacked buddy, Henrique. And they all put the hats on. Because uh, this bald guy tells him to. And yeah, the chief of police. Is that a, it's is very, that, who this, that was? This episode is full cartoon logic in a lot of places. Yeah, uh, and that is it was sort of off putting to me because they haven't done that before. But yeah, uh, 
sort of nothing else, the chief of police, I guess, is corrupt and in league with Jose. Well, okay, and not to jump ahead again, but at the end with like the, the aforementioned lightning water explosion situation. Yeah, he does explode. He, he explodes in a green puff of smoke, and I feel like maybe <laughs> yeah. he was a clone. Yeah, I think there's a line oh. about like, do you have the techno? And then he brings up the the empty clothes. Yeah. But I don't feel like that was well established. It was certainly not. But if it wasn't okay. for a few frames of of green puff, <laughs> green puff, uh, after the the chief got electrocuted, I would not have even batted my eyes at it. I would have thought he was just a corrupt dude. We just saw a man explode on children's cartoons. <laughs> we just saw a man get scanners to right in the middle of <laughs> a children's program. <laughs> um. So <clears throat> they. They put on the helmets and then immediately get shown like a live After Effects presentation of <laughs> of Jose deleting himself, robbing a bank and replacing him with Cyber Six taking it. So like, oh, Cyber Six is guilty. We got to go kill her. <laughs> right. And gives them guns, <laughs> uh, laser guns to go shoot her. Mm hmm. And laser pew pews. Pew, pew, yeah, pew. laser pew pews. And they kind of <laughs> just go out and have fun and do it. Yeah. Uh, and so most of the episode, all these six detectives are just sort of roaming the streets, asking random bystanders if they've seen Cyber Six and brandishing giant laser guns, uh, which, if I was a citizen, might make me a little worried about my tax dollars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, so that's happening. And then Julian, after somehow entertaining a whole crowd with Cat's Cradle, I mean... I mean, God damn it, fuck, this world has television. You can't just stand around <laughs> and watch a kid do Cat's Cradle on the street and applaud. Go watch TV. It's so much better. It um, also has, like, robotic monsters and mutants yeah. and, like, giant world, squid creatures. Just on the face of it, this world is way more interesting than Cat's Cradle. They're fucking Game Boy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know what I gotta say the most like disturbing upsetting part of this episode though what was realizing that meridiana actually does have police yeah yeah and they've just been doing nothing right yeah they've been nowhere um they so they come after uh the so yeah cyber six is in the storm and she's like ah oh, i should go check up on julian they hang out and you know she's being very nice to him it's kind mm -hmm. of a sweet moment uh i mean of course she's only there so that when she sees Enrique she'll know who he is yeah and exactly. get any sort of context um because Enrique tries to just fucking cyber blaster uh right. with it with his pew pews and but uh, but the funny <clears throat> thing is that like uh she's like oh, there's no reason the cops would be after me like really how about arson or how about <laughs> like questioning about being associated with every huge catastrophic explosion the city has ever seen how <laughs> yeah. about that cyber six maybe you are wanted. Maybe you ought police. to be in jail, Cyber Six. <laughs> Maybe you ought to go to Cyber Jail. Uh, yeah, it's 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 funny. I mean, they see they see him, and and Julian's like, "Oh no, it's Enrique. He's the cool detective." And so she puts Julian in the care of the Panther, and so she goes off and tries to figure out what the fuck's going on on her own. Uh, which of course is when the panther's looking after Julian and then the panther gets full on bamboozled by Cat's Cradle like we already mentioned. Right. Um but yeah, what happens what happens after that? So she goes off and uh look, I'm sorry to divert, but like now that we know there are police, like why isn't Cyber 6 actually told them about the fact that there's like a Nazi <laughs> presence? Like 
there is a huge problem going on in this city. Mm-hmm. What are the police doing? What is happening here? I'm not done. I'm not over this. <laughs> what well, are I'm, they I, doing? I imagine her walking in and being like, also, and here's all this stuff. And also some of your detectives are super corrupt right now. And they look over and one of them's got this brain helmet on with a Vegeta power scanner <laughs> on his eye. And they're like, what, him? No, that's just a fashion accessory. We're fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. useless. <laughs> we don't know what the hell's going on in our own town. Yeah. <laughs> What's you that, know, a panther? We- yeah, it can come in too. Panthers have free reign in Meridiana. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I mean, they're probably just getting paid handsomely to yeah. turn the other way every second. You know, Enrique probably is not even that cool. He's probably taking bribes and he's just like, doopity do, don't don't need to mind. Don't this. mind me, I'm just here just just don't mind here greasing my greasing my palms. Right. <laughs> oh, so greasy. Oh palms. no. I can't even hold this laser gun. My palms are so greased. Uh, <laughs> the, I, I mean, they, they just sort of like go back and forth. There's a few little scenes that are kind of interesting. I mean, I enjoyed this episode, uh, but it really comes to a head when Julian has escaped. He gets captured, of course, because he's a dumb kid. And then Cyber Six, when trying to save him, falls down a trap door and ends up uh, tubed. She gets- falls down a very <laughs> specific single spot on the roof. <laughs> Um, it's a wide open roof Street and the dip, one spot yeah. she steps is the tube spot which look i don't want to be this nitpicky about cartoons like i understand this is silly at this but point you can't but just like, you can't just find the tube spot well you can't that's you can't what i would say one with tube this, hole. this show has been like i would say it's been a cartoon the whole time but it has really not been a subscriber of this heavy cartoon logic this looney tune logic that it did this right. episode mm-hmm. to the point that they even call like almost full attention to it when jose says popcorn and out of frame somebody hands him a popcorn yeah like a bag of cooked popcorn <laughs> it's yeah no you're very right it's ludicrous it's it's maddening i tell you it's unacceptable <laughs> it's always funny how much a cartoon can work so hard to establish an interesting tone and then for some bizarre reason they throw in the like weird scooby-doo sound effects and just ruin all of it <laughs> So then, I mean, it's basically a lot of cyber nonsense. They fight. Uh, sure. The glass cracks because Data 7 comes into the rescue. And, and also they get the uh, detective to wake up and he starts helping out. Uh, yeah. And then he it shoots like floods the, with shoots water glass or he breaks it or something. Uh, the panther like. Uh, That's right. Well, no, 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 you're right. You're right. I think it got cracked a little bit or something. And then, yeah, he he just full on blasts it with a laser. Enrique does. He blasts the glass and it opens and all the water inside that was going to drown Cyber Six floods out and floods the room. It's so a everybody's, lot of water. It's a lot. And everyone's standing in like knee deep water and the thunderstorm is raging. And then suddenly the big radio tower at the top of this building gets struck by lightning and everything starts getting electrocuted. Our heroes yeah, basically there's make fire it out alive. happening. There's electricity. There's water. It's a lot of hats on top of hats. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally things end with a big ball of fire, and I guess they tried to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, one cartoonish thing that happened that I really did like. Uh, there's a there's a bit of a panther takedown where uh, Data Seven like 
takes one unlucky fixed idea and like grabs him by the mouth and just spins him around like five times, chucks him out a window. He hits a lamppost. The lamp falls on his head in the rain and then he electrocutes to death. That was great. Yeah. That was it's, great. I mean, that's a fucking death. Yeah. There's also and, a pretty visceral scene when when Data 7 shows up and he tries to break Cyber 6 out of the tube mm-hmm. and he shoulder checks it and just kind of yeah. thuds thuds off of it and yeah, is that both hurt. You could feel it, that. It, it, you could tell that it hurt and he also like now is really worried about his about his pal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, cuz he's used to solving all of his so problems good. with panther strength. This animation is so good and it's so disappointing when the music is as shitty as this is. Yeah. <laughs> you could really feel the shitty music in this episode, just that completely mm-hmm. anemic MIDI well, that does I think nothing word, for me. We take that for granted a little bit. Like we don't necessarily every time we talk about Cyber 6, we don't necessarily always bring up the animation but that's because it's consistently just good yeah yeah it, like, it is it, i would say it it's it's ex, it's not exceptional uh, always except with data seven who i'm always really impressed with the motion mm-hmm. and care they take to make him feel like a panther when he's doing stuff and moving and mm-hmm. but they also he's don't not, cut he's a not lot just of like corners a cut out no, you know, they don't. Like, they don't. They, they go for, again, like, we This had, one had a fun fight scene at the end in the water. We had a flood, and we had electricity and fire, and, like, they they go for that, and they do it because it seems fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just always weird. I think we obsess about the smaller details, you know, because the, yeah. the general quality is still pretty high. Well, I think the thing in the show is it's the smaller details. Like, the, it is not, it is not, like, a super smooth... The action scenes aren't, like, aren't all buttery and rich. What mm-hmm. is cool is the way that they remember to like crumple a railing when somebody bounces off of it. Yeah. 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 And like they have a panther in the fight scene and he moves like a panther. He doesn't just sort of it's not like they just sort of have him acting like another person in the fight. Like he's doing panthery things. Everybody's doing very idiosyncratic things based on their skill set. Uh, it's just that the scaffolding of story that holds up most of these moments is a little weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the music and the music. Yes. But I think that's enough ripping on Cyber Six. Do we have any <laughs> any final moments on this episode? Like the bald man explodes. Uh, well, we it's didn't get over to talk too much about uh, <laughs> about Cyber Six and her and her and her budding her budding romance with the the man of the man of the uh, of meaty hands, the meatiest <laughs> man Lucas? hands. Oh, with Lucas, <laughs> the meatiest the the boy the boy whose hands were literal hams, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> the boy whose hands were hams. <laughs> <laughs> a children's book by Rory Vaughan. Well, you know, like sometimes you chalk up the style to just like you know the, these guys. Like Enrique is the same way; he's this sort of enormous monster man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but th- there is a scene where she holds hands with Lucas, and and it basically, you know, he has to be careful not to crush her little bird bones in his monster <laughs> hands. Yeah, as Got, if. And all the all the, no, he's right. He, he, he doesn't know that he doesn't. Know, sure. oh, I guess it's cyber six, so he does know she's strong. Mm-hmm. But point is, er, she looks hilariously small when holding his hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think we're real close to something happening. I think sparks are starting to fly. I think they're going to kiss next episode. That's I think my, a smooch a smooch a rooney. That's my bold horizon. prediction. I don't know if it happens next episode, but if it is, I win. Maybe we'll take okay. bets. <laughs> you will not win any points back. I'm sorry, but a, <laughs> you okay. Can try. I've, ex- I've accepted that that's a currency that's out of my hands. Hey, Rory. What is it, Austin? Will you please tell us about our brand new sponsor? I would love to tell you about our brand new sponsor. That new sponsor, Night Games. Night Games is a sponsor brought to us from the very, very good people over at Day Games. 
who are looking to expand their their regency in the games market. <laughs> wow. You know you know when you're playing you're playing you're playing those hide and go sticks and you're playing pogo sticks. <laughs> and you're playing, and you're playing four squares. I do know yeah, all of sure, that. I love those. You plan, you know, when you're playing those daytime games, and you're having just a fucking blast. Yeah. Sure. And what comes, what comes with creeping along, uh, not not paying any attention to how much how much of a blast you're having, but that dang moon, oh. that dang rising moon, <laughs> making it all dark and creepy, and there's there's, there's spooksters out there, there's goblins. <laughs> it's a it's a real no no kids zone. And the people, and all, and all the people, all those daytime games you were playing. What do they do? What do they do when you, when it's, when it's the moon's hour? Well, dang, not a dang thing. <laughs> not a dang old thing. So these guys came, came to thinking, like, what's up? What's up with this? Why is nobody doing our games? Whenever, whenever that moon is high, and they, they realized that they had this, this whole other market, this night market. What kind of night games are there? Well, what kind of night games are there? Well, there's, there's touching your best friend. <laughs> Pretty strongly themed from the get-go. All right, uh, with some other ones. Uh, Gary's goodbye. <laughs> you can only play that one once. <laughs> you can play with every Gary. What's for Gary? What else? Um, I- I'm going to. I'm going off with the goblins. <laughs> Sounds fun. High risk, high reward. Those are, so those are those are those are the three night games they've they've come up with so far. They're mostly kidnaps. <laughs> and then there's touching your best friend, which is obviously a very fun sort of together friend. game, which is sort of a sort of a moonlight style. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Budding, you know, you you and your best friend go to the beach and see what happens. Yeah, that's a fun night game. It was one of those good night games. Uh. All right, well, thanks a lot, Rory. That's very exciting. Yeah, no problem. Go check out Night Games tonight. <laughs> go play Goodbye. Go play Gary's Goodbye. <laughs> oh, no. Up on the Mesa. Uh, so the next cartoon that we're going to be talking about here in the 50s theme, etc., Blah Tell blah blah it. is uh, is well Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa and it's episode the C O W Boys yes the Code of the West Boys and it's Code episode eight and we're going back down to the blues well for this it's Wedding Bowl Blues what is it what is it about this fucking blues word that that these goddamn cartoonists want to put in their title I don't know I don't get it is it is it I a reference to something old. It. Something something blues like I got yeah, the something I, blues. Yeah, like... I think it's that. Well, yeah, wedding, wedding bell blues is a yeah. thing. That's a song. Wedding bell that's blues is definitely a so thing. So that's a thing. But like, there's been other shit like in Sailor Moon. I think yeah, Sailor the, Moon had like but two. Yeah, I would say in a greater context, it's been used quite widely. It's a, a nice. Convention. It's a nice little like. It's got a little zing to it. Yeah, it's a little, got a zing little, to it as a title. It encapsulates a that there's that there's going to be a problem of some kind, but it's not just <laughs> sure. like wedding problems. You know, wedding, <laughs> wedding problems would be a better name. I'd be into that. I would be very into that. So right, you uh, throw blues, you throw blues in there, and you've kind of got yourself stew going. I, I know. I know our listeners are 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 just fucking champing at the bit to hear what this episode's about. So here are we they go. Champing. Yeah. yeah. Look at Andy saying the right word. That's and correct. And Austin's calling him on it. Does Austin need to know? Does Austin need a little history lesson? Champin. Are their horses chomp or champ? 
<laughs> horse is our copy champ. about to get 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 word shamed. They get Can fucking, we? They, they no, fucking that's... champ. You little do horse ch- horse shit. Do they champ? Okay. Yes. It, they champ at the bit. You goddamn horse casual. You goddamn <laughs> luddite. <laughs> Although I no, suppose that's... a luddite would know <laughs> what horses do. I'm gonna drag you down to the fucking Kentucky I'm Derby. Just drag I'm gonna... you down the road. I'm gonna let a horse champ right on you. Like like a. <laughs> Right on Look, your bit. I'll stand here and be champed. <laughs> Let a horse That's champ fine. I think I'm you... all about learning. <laughs> I think a horse would have to chomp on him. I think they only champ if they've got a if it's a bit. You might be right. You very well might be right. So here's the episode. When Calamity Kate doesn't receive a letter from her father, who's been exploring the Mesa for seven years, Mayor Bologna claims that he will be taking all her property since her father had no will. But when a page of one of her father's old letters shows up, stating Kate will inherit the ranch and his gold, though only if she is married, Kate plans to make Dakota her husband. This episode is a fucking mess. It's a real, it's a real hot take. Okay, it, I have to say, we've talked about Mumesa before, having very overcomplicated plots and just yes. lots of weird shit, but I, I... Fuck damn if I was not engaged this whole episode and paying attention and enjoying it. I think it's it, out, it's outlandish and crazy and weird, but I was very much on board with this one. This has got to be well, the yeah, most it, convoluted episode they've ever done. <laughs> I, I think they, because the, 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 one of the few things we know about Calamity Kate, because everybody is kind of a caricature. I'm not going to say she's a, right, totally a cut up, but, but one of the things we know is that she doesn't need no damn man. Mm-hmm. Right, but now, now she's left with the moral quandary of like her her principles or her father's inheritance. Right. Yeah. Like an entire and gold well, mine. Yeah. yeah, it's a literal it probably, gold mine. Yeah, yeah, this, <laughs> with a nugget the size of a fucking uh, seven year old. But that's a that's got to be worth that's got to be worth a shit ton of money. No. Right. Yeah. God so the damn, episode like, starts with calamity and a bunch of like. Minor beavers, beavers, they're like children, yeah, miners and a child. They're singing a song, they're singing like a cow yay song, yippee cow yay kind of of shit. It is is Uh, a nice little song, not cows that are singing it though. No, uh, just sort of another weird thing. They wouldn't wouldn't let cows work in the mines, they're way too high up on the except the child cow, except the child cow who's doing labor. Yeah, we send a calf into our labor and carrying an enormous ball of gold right so calamity <laughs> takes it just plops it on the horse uh, like plops it's it right a basketball yeah uh and then that's when uh you know we sort of learned about which is Colonel already Custer. unrealistic because if i was because this should have been the last time we just saw cody he should have taken that he should have taken that gold ball and just, <laughs> just left and right. just fucked right off <laughs> right little cody's like i'm going to move <laughs> oh well, i guess all my problems are solved forever i'm just gonna roll <laughs> this giant ball of gold out of here i guess <laughs> Uh, yeah. we, le- we learn about Calamity Kate's dad, who's been missing for seven years because he's exploring the Mesa, and his name is Colonel Cudster. Cudster. Yeah, it's pretty upsetting to hear. <laughs> Colonel Cudster <laughs> is his name. Uh, and she's... So I want I, I have to point this out. This is a great little thing. This is one of the few things that I like legitimately had to pause and go back for. Uh, she's... She goes and gets a message from her dad yearly from this guy named Walter Carrier Pigeon, who's just a fucking talking carrier pigeon. <laughs> yeah. And she she meets him at a location named Not Polite to Point. Oh, oh 
I didn't, I didn't catch not, it. That was too on the it. nose for me. It was so <laughs> fast, but this look like they don't even fucking say it again. But she's going to meet this par- carrier pigeon at not polite to point. And I, I, I don't know. Do I hate it? Do I love it? I don't know. I had to talk about it. Here it is. I hate it because I heard them say not polite to point. And I was like, why is it not polite to point? Like, what was the <laughs> what's the occasion that like it was not clear that this is a place name there was a location i agree Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah they they try to be a little too clever with these sometimes they very much do (laughs) Uh, but regardless of that the 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 point is that she gets a letter from her dad every year that's a very important plot point for this episode yeah absolutely uh and then uh dakota gives her a blanket and he comes to pick up cody and they crush for a little while and they have they make cutie eyes at each other they have heart pupils yes they do yeah uh and then she there's likes the gold way, she likes the way he's a, she likes the way he's a he's a hard dad to to little cody mm-hmm. that's true <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a tough customer not like uh. your own experience with your 14 year old son right? <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a hard dad though i'm one of those Soft my 14 year old son my 14 year old son runs the house <laughs> He does the t- he does he just does everything. <laughs> you just shut down. You're too tired after work. You come home. You close your I'm eyes. Too tired Working after in the work. Steel mill. I just put out a bowl of chips and a little tube and let him <laughs> let him do what he's got to do. <laughs> Look, I'd rather he does it here with me, where I can control it. You know. <laughs> yeah, but partake. he controls you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, partake. Yeah, we've been meaning to talk if to you, you about this, Rory, but maybe the podcast isn't the place to do it. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, you need we to control need to have your son about how to raise. <laughs> you got to control that animal. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the uh, the saddle saddle sore and boot hill buzzard have been snooping the whole time, and there's like just literal gold hanging out, like probably thousands and thousands of dollars of there's gold. There's so much gold. Just I feel kicking like around outside the mine. Really have they have to make it so clear to children? I mean, I think kids know how much gold is worth, but you know, there's something a little bit disappointing about like. You know, if you just had a handful of gold, maybe you wouldn't sell in a cartoon that this is like a shit ton of money. Yeah. Right. And they're like, why go for the the basket or why so go got, for the yeah, fruit when you get the three whole basket full or something like that? Piled high of gold. Right. <laughs> and that's where they sort of hatch their plan. They're like, well, we got to figure out how to own that mine because yep. it's Because <laughs> I guess we just Calamity's found out about family. it today. And right. <laughs> we're just feeling sassy today. It's 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 take over the mine day. So the darkest thing in this episode to me is that the first scheme that the mayor comes up with is oh to God. fake the funeral of her own father. <laughs> she's like going up to the ridge and she's not polite to point. Yeah, to not polite to point, she sees this like wagon going down that's like has a coffin on it then says uh Colonel Cudster on it. She's like, Although I did really appreciate the little psych gag of the horse wearing the black veil. <laughs> yeah. uh, the horse in the front of the stagecoach is wearing like a grieving widow's little little black veil. It's it's quite it's quite silly. Yeah, that is funny. Um, but it's like that's that's kind of fucked up. Like I know they've like, threatened up. to they've threatened to like throw children off of cliffs and stuff. But to like tell somebody that their father is dead is like <laughs> yeah, kind of a different low for me. <laughs> yeah well and his whole his whole plan hinges on this law that he may or may not have just written that if you've been missing <laughs> for seven years you're legally dead in cowtown and right. since he died with no will then she then all of his property defaults to the state and right he's gonna after take exactly seven years yep yep seven years but they and... have until 
nightfall. Yeah, sundown, of course. So there's a, Which, there, there's a ticking clock I'll hand clock it to them. The, the sundown thing is a very Wild West bullshit kind of time, right? Like, sure. oh, yeah. oh, we'll settle this at sundown. You know, like, it's a it's a real, they're staying genre appropriate, but. It's a real thing. It's just the, the plot, like, backflips they had to do to get to a ticking clock is. Oh, uh, boy. Just bizarre. Uh, I agree. But, Calamity so Kate's the, whole yeah. deal now is that she is going to prove that he's alive and has been alive by going to find the letters that he's written her yearly in her home. Okay, uh, but before that, they're at the the graveyard. Sure. And they're digging the a grave, like Boot Hill Buzzard and Zaddlesaur are digging a grave for the empty coffin. Well, they thought it was empty. Oh. And all of a sudden, Montana, or not Montana. Yeah, move uh, Montana. Yeah, Moo Montana pops out of it with his gun drawn like it's been like it's a post like it's the end of the episode. And this is like their big plan in action or something. Yeah. And Colorado's there with his horse. And they've like, how did they know? Why are they there? There's you no know, that plot brings reason up a for really them good to actually question. be there. Because here's here's a here's a good fucking question. They show <laughs> up. They show up. They're already like essentially getting the drop on the mayor and his dumb plan and the empty coffin. And they're in there and they come out guns blazing and they catch him doing a crime. He's trying to like I mean, I guess it's not technically a crime, but he they like literally catch him doing a really despicable deed and getting called out for lying <laughs> and they do nothing. And they arrest, right. he, he takes Boot Hill and Saddlesore and puts them in the coffin and shuts them in there like, ha ha, gotcha. But they do nothing to the mayor. Is this mayor never going to get any fucking comeuppance from right. these actual lawmen? Like, okay, and then they run off and the mayor's like, no, it's fine. It's all part of the plan. I, uh, ha, what is this plan? What is this like Joker <laughs> Dark Knight level of plan here? Of like he planned <laughs> to get caught for them to show up at the funeral and then to I don't run know. off like I, I just don't know. Let's skip ahead. That it makes me mad. I loved right. this episode. I really did. But that this aspect of it makes the least amount of sense. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they let him go because it's all part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when Calamity Kate calls him a drop whiskered strappy pants son of a gun. <laughs> holy fuck i missed that one say it again a drop whiskered strappy pants son of a gun <laughs> i feel and like it's christmas that's not the best that's probably the best uh yeah i think that's my best one of all time oh and then God. the mass bowl is at is at calamity kate's house yeah he's, he's ransacked the, the place stealing the letters uh, but he he's apparently very ineffectual at it because he steals all of them except this one floating piece of paper that is possibly the most important piece of paper that he... He also attempted to do a bait and switch with just blank paper, <laughs> which isn't going to take long to throw him off the scent. I don't no. know why it was worth the time. <laughs> it's like two plans. They've got like five plans and they're all contingencies for each other. Right. It's all part of the plan. They just want to be able to say <laughs> it's all part of the two plan. plans. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Two Plan Sam. Uh, sorry, I quit the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't believe I did that to no, my No, no, it's like Two Can Sam. That's pretty good, Andy. That's pretty funny. Follow your nose. Um. <laughs> right. This is where they find the scrap. That's that's the will. The the yeah. relevant article of the will. And how did she not know there was a will? She's read all these letters from her dad. The once a year. You you think she probably read, reads them like five times? You'd think. 
and one of them contained a will. Like, come on. Uh, but the will says that she will inherit upon his death all of his stuff, but she and her husband. So right. they interpret this to mean that she must be married in order to get the inheritance. And so now the ticking clock is on her to get married by sundown. Uh, and of course, her idea is that she wants to get married to Dakota, the guy she's hella crushing on, because if it's going to be anybody, it may as well be somebody that she's into. Uh, right. So she like opens up her like John Wick cement sealed chest <laughs> to like get back on her bullshit. And she pulls out an old wedding dress. I guess that's been saved. Since yeah. She yeah. Was the, little, the, I the chest was said, do not mom's. open until good and ready. Right. So it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. <laughs> and then she rides off like in her wedding dress off to marry Dakota. And it's fun. It's it is fun, very fun. Very fun moment. There is another fun moment of Dakota. Uh, we see him in his in his wedding suit and it still has the price tag on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what a simple man. Yeah. That's a that's uh, a good bull. That's when we see there is an adorable male bird, this carrier pigeon character who kind of <sighs> looks like Millhouse. And... <laughs> Voice wise, sounds kind of like Andy Dick's sheep teacher character in Clone High. Yes, yes, it very much does. Uh, Walter is his name, Walter Carrier Pigeon. But yeah. he's everyone else is large, right? Like it doesn't matter what size their animal was. Like they're a little bit bigger and more anthropomorphized. This fucking bird dude is the size of a bird, and in jail they've got him in a bird cage. Yeah, uh, which I think is pretty cute. You know, it's just pretty cute. He's a cute mm -hmm. little boy. Um, and so he's locked up in jail and no one knows it. Uh, but that's, you know, that the reveal at the end of the episode is that that's where her seventh year letter is, um, yeah. is that he's yeah. got And it. we can assume Correct. that from knowing that, yeah, he's holding the carrier pigeon hostage so that there's obviously some info there. Correct. Uh, around. yeah. So the, the last, the, there, there's one final scheme that happens here, and it's that the mayor spikes Dakota's sarsaparilla with sleeping potion. That's right. a Mickey. And then they just take him and they, they ride off with him, like, just out of town so that, they, that she can't get married by sunset. Yeah. Um, Although there is a no. funny little payoff when, when, uh, when Moo comes in looking for Dakota. He takes one little whiff of the bottle and is like... <gasps> A sleeping potion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have paid for Dakota to get those those potion lessons, too. Not yeah. just Moo Montana. Absolutely. <laughs> also, why didn't they just take Calamity Kate? I mean, well, she yeah. could still marry somebody, anybody. Like, why, why didn't uh, they just mean, take yeah. Kate it would be, away? It would, be, it would be smarter. Yeah, but also, maybe, maybe somehow in the eyes of the people, that, that looks worse if they take the person who's being affected. You know, that looks sure. a little more like blatantly nefarious than Dakota just not showing up to the wedding. Yeah, you know? that's fair. Yeah, you can. Yeah. The thing I would have liked, though, is to then instead of having uh, the other two cowboys like go after him because mm -hmm. uh, they find out pretty quick that there's something going on. They get sort of the double information from Dakota or from uh, Cody, who's and like, Moo. hey, I saw him. And then and Moo also figures out as well. So they both know and then they all run after I would yeah. have loved to see Calamity actually do it and have the agency at the end of the episode. Yeah. You know, she's but, like wearing a wedding dress. It would have been cool to be like, ah, oh, I can't ride with this thing or to but she does. She does get a really good moment uh, of her own, but we'll get there. I want to talk yeah. about it. Um, there's, there's a bit of cowboy nonsense. They run off. They, they go find Dakota. Uh, they, 
you know, there's a fight, blah, blah, blah. They get yeah, Dakota. Yeah, they're going to, like, throw them into an old mine and blow it up. Yeah. Well, Moo goes, Moo goes back to, like, stall the wedding, right? Well, well after this. So After this, okay. Yeah, it so, got a little confusing. I know. Uh, there's a bunch of nonsense. You're right. They try and, like, blow up a tunnel and lock them in there, and it's weird. Uh, but before we get back to the wedding, there's one thing that we have to address, and it's Reflection Ravine. Uh, okay. Did you guys, do you know what the fuck is going on in this scene? Oh, they, yeah. They yeah, say, the reflections are on the side of the wall. What? But why? What is that? <laughs> on the, they, just... say, they say, let's take a shortcut through Reflection Ravine. And uh, uh, Colorado Kid, reflection. I don't know. I don't he's know. got he's got Dakota on his horse, and they're walking by a wall that's like a mirror. It's like what what is there a hall of mirrors in the desert? It's fucking weird. And then he stops to look at his reflection because he thinks he's sexy, and Dakota falls off a cliff. Like right. that. That's how I, they introduce they this pay. drama. Like it's it's such a weird little concept. It's a weird show. A uh, very weird show. But and yeah, and so Dakota's like out of commission because he'll wake up occasionally, but he's like, "Here comes the bride," and he's like super out of it. Mm-hmm. And so Moo is like the hero, I guess, and he's like, "Oh, oh, we don't have time. I'll go and get married to the lady you like." Well, it's funny. It's funny when when he so Dakota's already done the sort of sort of like valiant, like, "Well, I guess I'll step up," and she's she's like, "Cool." And then Moo goes, tried to do it too. And she's like, you know what? It's really not the same the second time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the part that I like that she gets is that instead of just, you know, having them write her like she's so desperate for her money and her inheritance that she'll marry any Tom, Dick or Harry. Moo shows up and she has this moment where she gets to say, no, I would rather not marry somebody that I don't want to marry. Like I would rather lose, lose my inheritance. Like, I would rather yeah. lose everything than than you know have a fake marriage. Like that's that's not what I want. And right. she says no. And I thought that was a really cool thing that they got that she got to do. You know that was actually yeah. yeah that was actually a pretty good payoff I think and kind of the only logical way to end the episode to, to and mm-hmm. to not have them just be married because otherwise you have the case of you know uh, Dakota marries her and then they have this you know weird thing <laughs> then they're just married they've just yeah. married now uh or they they don't get married and then they have like a weird like well we were just about to get married and i don't know i think we finish I, you know, yeah right and and it gets it gets a good character moment for both of them because when dakota finally does come back after they've settled the plot uh they're both like well neither of us are really ready for marriage anyway it's probably for the <laughs> best and that's right. kind of nice, right? Like neither of them yeah. were very excited about the prospect, even though they like each other. Clearly, their hearts, turn, their eyes turn into hearts every time they see each other. But like, you know, yeah, it was kind of the same thing as like you find out your friend's about to be deported, and you're just like, yep. well, I guess this is what's going to happen. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um. So, but then the real ending of this episode is Ugh. crazy. <laughs> uh. So. Totally par for the course in this completely overcomplicated, convoluted episode that does so many backflips to make things happen. <laughs> uh, fuck the logic. Uh, they know, okay, they only have two minutes left to sundown. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still haven't sort of figured out the problem or haven't solved the problem. And Cody says he's seen that there's a carrier pigeon locked up in the jail. Yep. And then Dakota, I guess, instead of running over there, uh, has to sort of abbreviate things by honing in on 
sensing exactly where he is, mm-hmm. shoots a star bullet all the way through across the the town into the jail and hits the cage and knocks the bird free so that he can fly out of the cage and back into the church to deliver the letter that says that it's her dad who's there and alive. Or his dad is alive. And it was postmarked yesterday, so he's not dead. So there's no need for this will bullshit. <laughs> what the fuck was this? It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, there's there's one other little tiny thing that happens right at the end. Uh, earlier in the episode, we see Miss Lily making them this gorgeous wedding cake and putting a lot of effort into it. Mm-hmm. And at the end, when they don't get married and they're like, well, it's probably good that we didn't get married. They uh, they have one last thing they want to do and they want to, you know, they want to really stick it to the mayor. And so they take Miss Lily's beautiful work of <laughs> cake and they dump it on the fucking mayor's head and no one gets to eat that cake and we don't even get to check in with miss lily about it i bet she's so fucking steamed there was another little thing about with miss lily earlier that i forgot to mention where um she uh when 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 moo charges into the charges into the into the chapel uh-huh right, yes to offer his hand in marriage and uh, and offers to marry her she ba- you know her jaw literally drops uh-huh. Twice. Uh, you know, twice. It, they do a two jaw drops, but the second yeah. time, this like guy reaches over and like picks her jaw back up for her. It's very weird. Like, well, scoots, yeah. he's you know, sitting Lily... right next to her, and he's like, "Ew, yuck!" And he shuts, <laughs> he shuts her enormous mouth. Lily wants Moose Montana. You know, she wants, she, she wants, wants Moose that. Montana. She wants, she wants, his, his she wants real the deep cowboy. Montana. She she's wants trying to go the she's, west. Mm-hmm. She's trying to get the coat of the west. She wants that show to the west. If you know what I'm saying. Oh, oh, no, we got to cut that from the episode immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that can't go anywhere near our publication. <laughs> well, I think we've uh, I think we've all had a lot of uh uh fun here today back in time uh with Rory's I child. I especially have had fun. Yes, during the great beatnik era of the 1950s. <laughs> the beat yeah. generation, as they say. They do. Uh, what a f- This was such a good little plate full of cartoon food. I don't know what I was trying to say there, but I, I, my tummy is full of good feelings. Yeah, mine too. My tummy is full of those good feelings. My tummy is full of Twizzlers pull and peel. <laughs> now austin i do need to ask is that just a random thing you said or are you literally eating twizzlers while we do this podcast no i really want it i want them though <laughs> I, I i enjoyed that it's sort of a challenge so it's like you just said that you could live the lie for just a moment <laughs> i've had so many twizzlers <laughs> oh Oh man, I'd have fun doing this podcast if it wasn't for all this gold in my apartment. <laughs> no, it didn't work. work. It didn't fucking work. Shoot dang. Fuck damn. <laughs> no seven-year-old um, size. Shooting fuck damn. Gold nuggets are here. Um yeah, this was fun. Episode 34 in the books. Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think yeah, you've got I, fun. We've got fun. Uh we've got a whole summer of specials. Oh shit! Yeah, we do. Uh, we're we're what one week away. Uh, next week is is episode thirty five, but 
then yeah, we're we're five straight weeks of specials. It's it's yeah, oh, nothing really nothing exciting. but special special hot takes from our best friends and and friends friends and 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 smoking the we're gonna smoke a smoke up a you know smoke up a big bowl of of <laughs> marijuana. Uh, with our fourteen-year-old son, who's gonna who's gonna stay a part of the show's canon. He's gonna teach us all the new swear words he learned on Instagram. Very exciting. We've already recorded some of those specials. I don't think we can shoehorn your son back into them. <laughs> Not without a lot Nobody's of effort. Around in the truck. Well, no, just you. The thing is, we don't have to hear him because the point is, you should just know that he exists and I'm not properly taking care of him. <laughs> that I'm here doing this with you guys and letting my 14 year old child run amok. Hey, Rory. What's uh, up? Rory, uh, what was that fun thing that, that your son said? That thing that he always said? That thing that he says every time? What does your son say? He says, go get a pinch in it, you old coot. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I thought he said that's what every time I try to every time I try to be a parent, that's what he says to me. He says, go, go get, get a pension, pension you old coot. Go get a <laughs> I thought he said show to the West. <laughs> no. Cancelled. Our show has been canceled. <laughs> Hey, sweeties. Thanks for joining us over at Saturday Morning Tuesdays this week. We had a real humdinger of a show. A little little, little discipline problem with some, some, of our, some of our rowdier children, but I think we got through it all right. If you dig the, the clams we dig, if you dig those same clams where we, the two of us are both digging clams together, then what you can do is you can go find us over on, on Facebook, so Saturday Morning Tuesdays. We got Twitter, Instagram, we got a website, we got email, Saturday morning, Tuesdays, all those things. You don't have to. You can hit us up on none of those things, but hopefully you'll hit us up on some of those things. This tape was brought to you by Outer Space Travis and Night Games. Next week, we're checking out Sailor Moon Episode 30, Cyber 6 Episode 8, and Wild West Cowboys of Moon Mesa Episode 9. So we'll be really just jazzed about it if you could swing on back by and see what's going on. It'll be just a just a treat for me and you. We'll have a treat together. We'll share one treat, and that'll it'll be the episode. And we thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>